I've titled my reflection, and Rhonda didn't know that, but I called it, It's Okay to Cry. You ever hear that saying, big girls or big boys don't cry? When I hear those words, I can't help but think about a really big boy, a man in his early 30s who stood outside the tomb of his best friend Lazarus and he wept because it hurt so much. Or that same man sitting on a hillside overlooking the city of Jerusalem weeping because it hurt so much. The Bible teaches us that it's okay and sometimes appropriate to cry. Even if you're a strong person, even if you're a tough guy or gal, it's okay to cry. Romans 12, verses 15 says this, Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And that's why I never apologize for being an emotional pastor. I've been told that uh, it's good and professional if you can hold your emotions back and keep them in, but I think sometimes it's appropriate to laugh and to cry. First of all, I want to talk about three different times when it's okay to cry. First of all, it's all right to cry over the condition of things around you, over the condition of our nation, over the condition of our world today. In Luke 19, verses 41 and 42, we read, As Jesus approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, talking to the people of Jerusalem, only you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The things that make for peace are sometimes hidden from our eyes today, too. That's obvious, the condition our world is currently in. It sure is appropriate to cry over our nation and our world. We have more than our share of problems, more than our share of things to be sad about. We have drug addiction, we have gangs, we have violence, we have domestic violence, we have child abuse, we have sickness, we have disease, we have hate, and we have war going on in our world. A few tears I think would be appropriate. It's all right to cry over the way things are. And secondly, it's all right to cry over someone you love. In John 11, we read, When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along also with her were weeping, 
He was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And then the shortest, one of the most meaningful verses, in my opinion, in the Bible. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him. See how he loved Lazarus. Jesus wept over someone he loved. If there's someone you care about, sooner or later, you'll shed some tears over them. Especially if you lose them to death. C.S. Lewis, that great man of faith and that great author, was staggered, he said, by the death of his wife, Joy. He felt like, he said, he had been hit in the head with a board. As if there were a blanket between him and the rest of the world. He was in such pain that he said that he couldn't even pray. Every time he tried to pray, it was like a door was shut in his face and he could hear it being locked from the other side. Many of us have been there. We know what it's like. We know what grief, deep, deep sorrow and grief feels like. Our grief has been overwhelming. Our tears have flowed. A funeral director once told me a story about a man who had died. And during the visiting hours, the visitation at the funeral home, the man's little grandson came in. And he was standing by his grandfather's coffin, crying. And his grandmother, being very old-fashioned in her ways and sort of a serious person, came over and the funeral director heard her say to him, don't cry, little one. Each time you cry, each tear that you cry, drowns out one of God's angels. What a sad thing to say to a little boy at the death of his grandfather. Of course it's all right to cry when you lose someone that you love. It's healthy. It's natural. And you don't have to lose somebody to death to shed tears over them. Some of you parents, all of you parents know what I'm talking about. We've all cried over our sons and daughters for various reasons that only you and they know. Your parents cried over you at some time, I'm sure, for reasons that you may or may not have known. Many husbands and wives know what it is to weep for one another. It's all right to cry. It's okay to cry for others. It's okay to cry for our nation and our world. And one last thing. It's all right to cry over our sins. This is something we skip over and don't talk about a whole lot in church. But it needs to be mentioned every now and again because we need to be reminded. This is the crying that our text for Ash Wednesday that I read is all about. Even now, declares the Lord, Return to me with all your heart. 
with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love. It's all right and proper to be sorry and to shed tears over our sins. Tonight begins the season of Lent. During this season, we will see Peter in the courtyard and a servant girl comes up to him and said, you were with Jesus of Galilee, weren't you? But he says, I don't know what you're talking about. Then Peter goes out to the gateway and another servant girl sees him. And she says to the people there, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. Peter says, I don't know that man. After a little while, those standing around go up to Peter and they say, surely you are one of them. Your accent gives you away. Peter swears, I don't know that man. And immediately, a rooster crows. And Peter remembers the words that Jesus had said to him. In Matthew 26, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and he wept bitterly. Yes, it's okay and right to shed tears over our sins. Now the world doesn't shed such tears. We live in a time when you don't cry over things you do wrong. You sell them to a publisher and make lots of money. Or you go on TV and tell the whole world about it and brag about it. The late comedian Jonathan Winters talked about negotiations when he was having his autobiography published. And he said that several publishers approached him about his book and they wanted to be sure that he included all the scandalous details and any scandalous relationships that he might have had or things that he had done that maybe weren't on the up and up or maybe weren't just right. Winters had decided he wasn't going to do that. He wasn't going to share those things. He said that five different publishers came to him and asked him, what about your affairs? And he said, they're in order. Good answer, Jonathan. The world knows nothing about crying over our sins. Some of you may remember that, oh, I don't know, six or eight years ago maybe, there was a remake of The Scarlet Letter, a movie that was remade. And the remake had a different ending than the original movie. Hollywood felt that people just couldn't relate to a man slowly destroying himself with guilt, like the original story told. And so they gave the movie a happier ending. I mean, who would want to watch a movie about a man weeping over his wrongdoings, over breaking one of God's commandments? Nobody in our modern world wants to see that or there's no entertainment to that. But there are times when we can and we should think about our sins and weep over them. There are times when we need to face 
the fact that we're humans and face the worst in us and rend our hearts, not our garments. That's what Ash Wednesday is all about. A man talked about his trip to Israel. He said when he got to Jerusalem, he saw the Wailing Wall where there was a huge crowd of people praying. And he said that the guide told him that the Jews would start praying at one end of the Wailing Wall and the closer they would get to where the Holy of Holies, the temple, used to be, the louder their crying and their wailing would become. He said that when they began to confess their sins, the closer they got to the Holy of Holies, the more aware they became of their wrongdoings and they would weep before that wall. I think the closer we are to God, the more conscious we become of our shortcomings and our mistakes and our sins. That's the truth of the matter. We feel the weight of our sins from time to time. Is it okay to cry? Absolutely. Sometimes we cry over the state of our nation. Sometimes we cry over the condition of our world. Sometimes we cry over people that we love. And sometimes we weep for our sins. Hear these words one last time this evening. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. Let's reflect on these thoughts as we enter this holy season. It is my prayer that this will be, as I said earlier, a season of reflection. Lent is traditionally involves praying. It involves meditation. For some, it involves fasting, giving something up, or taking on something new, doing something new like almsgiving, which is just a, fa- a, a Bible word for saying helping someone who can't help themselves. It's my prayer that we will use these next 40 days to reflect and to think about not only our sins, because those sins are gone. The scriptures tell us as far as the east is from the west, never to be held against us, because Jesus took care of that. But to reflect upon what we can do to make this a better world, a world of peace, what we can do for others. May we do so. This Lent 2022, it's such a pleasure to be together again and to be able to do what we just did here this evening. God bless you all.